Horror. And welcome back to True Believers, the podcast where there is never enough said about the MCU. Today we're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 2, The Star-Spangled Man. My name is Ray Russo, and I have with me Chris O'Connor. I just feel like a lot of people are counting on me and I don't want to let them down. You will, don't worry. Damn it! (laughs) And Becca Raybergen. So I'm just going to jump out of this plane without a plan. Does that sound good? It sounds good to me. It's only 200 feet. It's only 200 feet. I've got a vibranium arm. I'll be fine. Meanwhile, I am Sam capturing the fall (laughs) on film with Red Wing. Delete that. (laughs) It's going to be on YouTube in a future episode. Where he's going to be showing it to his nephews. Look at this. Look at this. It's funny. All right. Let's dig into this episode because there there was a lot there. So much there. So we were- we were kind of wrong last week when we were like, we're, this episode is going to open on Bucky seeing the same announcement. Nope. Nope. He didn't even watch that announcement, but he did watch the Good Morning America bit. Mm-hmm. Good morning. I love this brand synergy when Disney's like, Disney and Marvel are like, hey, we own ABC. We own Good Morning America. We own ESPN. That's pretty I'm, good. You know? That's pretty good. Let's just go oh, for man. it. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. And um, not for nothing, I listened to uh, the Empire Film Podcast. They did some interviews with uh, uh, the director and the showrunner for this. And uh, like there, I I mentioned to you guys in our chat, like um, the showrunner Malcolm, um, I don't have it written down. Darn it. Anyway, uh, he, you know, he mentioned that uh, they, when it comes to John Walker and, you know, new Captain America that Twitter instantly hated and with good reason, <laughs> um, that they decided to sort of tone him down and change him from what he was in the comics. Cause we talked about what he was in the comics. Yeah. Um, and they're like, it was important. They, they said, it's important to make it, you know, that he kind of more like he deserves to be in this position. Uh, they, they, you know, they sort of, they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're like, it was important to us to make it that this guy earns the title and is, you know, Captain America as far as, you know, as far as what DOD would pick. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but he was selected to be Captain America. Yeah. He didn't just like was... decide to do it on his own and he was selected by the U S government. So while I am still very much like frustrated by this man, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about the football field scene and like all the supporting characters, like he's just has has a loving wife, has the, has his black sidekick, yeah, his uh, marching band. His I just thought this was very interesting. His definite his black, possibly mixed race, but possibly just light skinned black wife with chemically straightened hair. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then the entire like marching band that a lot of black TikTokers yeah. have pointed out that's like this is clearly an HBCU band. Yeah. Um, and they're at his high school, so they um, Good Morning America bust this specific band into play. I think the band was attached to him to him from the DoD because they said that he's been on yeah. this whole welcome tour, so it would have been you know more akin to like they've rehearsed the song, they know the show, they have the pyrotechnics, true. they have all the the art to put on the field. But still, someone had to make the decision. Someone had oh, yeah. to make the decision that we're going to have an HBCU band for mm-hmm. this tour. Someone made the conscious decision that we're we're just going to keep propping John Walker up with black people right constantly. Um but what I do think about him is I I think Chris you're right in that. You know, he is a very successful soldier. He is Probably what Erskine would have called a good soldier, but he was the other guy in the in the training group. I think he might even be a little nicer than that guy. <laughs> He's a little nicer. Yeah, I th- I think so. He was strong. He was strong all through high school. He's always been strong. He's been in the military. He's been special ops. He's strong on his own, and he's never known weakness. So he doesn't know what it's like mm-hmm. to 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 be on the other side. As far as we can tell. Uh, in mm-hmm. the way that he's presented in this episode, he seems he seems like an okay guy. Like he seems earnest in the locker yeah. room. He seems like to be suffering from some uh like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, fear of failure. You know, he seems genuinely like conflicted and concerned and you know, he's like, This is a big deal and I can't believe this is happening, but I gotta do what I gotta do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean he's not uh he hasn't twirled his mustache yet. <laughs> no, and the thing is I really don't think he will. I think what we're going to come down to at the end is sort of like a civil war mm. redux of the official side that has, you know, as Sam points out towards the end of the, po- uh, like the protocols yeah. and commissions and all the like hoops that he has to jump through to be on the quote yeah. right side, the side with the resources um, versus For the, me, the, the thing in the locker room that really got my attention was, um, that his when name saying, tag was still there? Well, that was a little weird. Um, <laughs> but I really, you know, I definitely... It was engraved. Oh, okay. It was engraved. Yeah, I definitely felt, you know, the moment when he's like, I just want to do the job. And Hoskins is like, this is the job. You know, it's just as much PR as anything else. At least you're not selling war bonds. It's the dancing monkey. He also goes on to say, you know, you can't punch yourself out of things anymore. So that, mm. for me, some other stuff later on in the episode goes to like, Maybe he's got a little bit of an anger management problem, you know, and yeah. maybe that's going to come mm. into play down the line. But, you know, yeah. for right now, I definitely kind of feel for the guy. He's in cute shoes. Yeah. He's in it, over his head. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the bit that I loved, uh, like his wife is like, uh, they're going to love you. And I'm like, Twitter hates you. No, they're not. <laughs> It was a very funny, like, sort of first line in the first scene when Twitter, like, for the last week has been like, who is this punchable son of a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing that I sort of, other than just, like, having an anger, possible anger issue is he wasn't a public person while he was Mm -hmm. in the army. Chances are there was, aside from his superior officers who may have even covered for him if the situation came to it, he's now a yeah. very mm-hmm. public figure. And he is going to be... The scrutiny involves... People snap under that all the time. He's going to be exposed to a level of scrutiny he has never been yeah. exposed to before. And for someone who th- seems to think they are right and think they are on the ra- right side of things, could could become yeah 
a bit of a powder sure. keg, yeah. potentially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't think what happens in this episode is going to help help the situation. No, probably not. <laughs> I So, uh, it, no. it was interesting to me. So, the interview, right? So, he runs out onto the field, and they're playing a marching band version of Star Spangled Man with a plan, which I loved. It took me a moment to realize. <laughs> me too. Me too. I loved it. I was like... So out. <laughs> he goes, you know, I'm not Tony Stark. I'm not Dr. Banner. I don't have, you know, that great intelligence or super strength. I'm like, do you understand what Steve was? Like, did you know that Steve was a super soldier? Like, yeah, that is one of the funniest things. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in reading the old Avengers comics, like he'll often be like, I don't have any superpowers. I just train really hard. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Good, sir. You did drugs. <laughs> you did a lot of drugs, buddy. Yeah. And so like, Steve. Definitely had some enhanced abilities. And and so John's like, you know, I don't have those superpowers. I just have guts. And I'm like, that's not what endeared Steve Rogers to people. His guts. I mean, Steve had guts, but he also right. had a heart. And I think that could end up yeah, being a Generally speaking, piece. Steve led with his heart. Yeah. Let's put a pin in this because I have thoughts that are going to come back later. It cuts to to Bucky. Like talks, he's starting to talk about like she's asking if he knew. Did you know Steve Rogers? Right. She's asking if he knew Steve. He's like, no, but I followed his career, and it cuts to Bucky just looking like yeah. he got <sighs> sucker punched. He's just like, yeah, he's just like mm, doing yeah. the very uh, sort of like grimacey face. He kind of looks like he wishes he could take that vibranium arm and reach through the yeah, screen it, with it. Be an interesting horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is really interesting. Like, uh, you know, what he's saying is kind of like, um, all right, so we get it. You, you like hero worship Steve Rogers. That's fine. I guess like a lot of people do and a lot of people would. And, it, you know, that makes perfect sense. But uh, to, to, to people who actually did know him, to Sam and to, uh, and to Bucky and to like Natasha, if she was alive and anybody else in the Avengers, it has to ring kind of like mm, it makes you cringe yeah. for him to be like, he was like a brother to me. It's like, mm. You shouldn't say, should never say that about people you don't actually know because the people who do know them will, I mean, assuming that person is dead and can't be offended themselves. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just imagine Scott laying out in California watching this and like, Captain America. I never. That's not my cap. How dare you? Hey, guy. Hey, guy. You're not my cap. I don't, I wouldn't go to Germany for you. Oh, man. And Hope is probably just like, don't tweet that, (laughs) dummy. (laughs) So it's like kind of a schmaltzy thing that he's saying for the interview. And and to everybody else, it probably sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, But it but it will but it drives Mm -hmm. a wedge between him and the people that he's going to try and get close to later. Yeah, it makes it makes uh, it makes a mistake. Yeah, it makes sure that he's starting off on the wrong foot with any of his, you know, attempts at working with the actual Avengers. And then, yeah, and then we do, we get Sam, who's being, who's got all this promo material being shoved in his face every time he turns around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all over the base. You know, it is, it is like a funny thing. Like you're in, in like uh, military facilities, government facilities is posters are everywhere. There's always like some sort of poster about like, you know, uh, you know, if it's in a foreign country, it's like, there's no right turn on red. Remember, it's like, respect the local police, uh, you know, stuff like this. And, and Uncle Sam wants mm-hmm. you and like loose lips sink ships. Well, maybe not that one anymore, but all these sorts of posters. So it makes perfect yeah. sense that they would have basically like this movie poster for here's here. Captain America is back. <laughs> yeah. 
But also, like, that's sort of what Steve was yes. when he yep. first came very onto much. the scene in the 40s. Was he the was very much that promotional figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you, Mr. USO tour. Yep. Yeah. With the dancing girls. Like, when the doc, you know, when Dr. Erskine died and, like, they couldn't repeat it and, you know, they had, like, one guy, you know, they're like, well, what's what a better we use him? for him? Throw yeah. him in- do we throw him into the meat grinder or is he, like, a good. Like, you know, Ernest Oshuck's really handsome face to put on those war bond posters. And it was put them on the posters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put that face on the posters. Yeah. Oh, speaking about faces, just a little side note. The little last shot of uh, Walker before, he, like when he's like looking at his uniform, you can really see that he is Kurt Russell's son. 100%. I didn't recognize that for way too long. Maybe that's where some of his superpowers are going to come from. Maybe Ego is actually his dad. Oh, <laughs> oh man, he's Star-Lord's half-brother. No. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Sam is about to go on this op. I guess they're going to Germany because, like, 90% of Captain America takes place in Germany. <laughs> I have... I have questions about Sam's exact relationship with the U- with the Air Force and he what his his yeah his what but what is his chain but what if what is his chain of command like yeah he, who is he getting he his contacts from other yeah than he doesn't himself. get to commandeer a C one thirty on his say so from intelligence that he got from a from a low le- from a junior intelligence uh, uh, officer um, that gave it to him on the hush hush. He doesn't just get to get to be like, hey, give me this C-130. I want to fly from America to Germany. Right. He's got like, to go through channels. <laughs> well, I think the Flag Smashers might be more yeah. well known. But it's the... Because like Sam said, keep this under your hat. But that was about the fact that he seems super strong. Like it's the super soldier element. But to that... be fair, like his hat may cover like official right. things. I mean, he is an Avenger. That probably gives him a little bit more leeway yeah. than... But But at the same time... I'm kind of like, you know, I mean, it is different in that this is the post blip, so we don't really know what the situation in Europe and the EU is, but it's kind of like, why fly a military transport over there and do an airdrop into, you know, it's just outside Munich. You could just fly to yeah. Munich. You could just fly to Munich with your, like, bag of Avengers gear on a Although, commercial plane, land. At, well, because it would be much harder for Bucky to corner him and start yelling at him. And also, he wouldn't have gotten there on time. Also, a piece of dialogue from later. I don't know that Sam has official ID yet. Oh, well, he... mm, He, We know he has contracts. He He has something. The thing I interpreted about the ID scene is that later with the cops, it's just like, I didn't do anything. I don't have to show you my ID. Um, We'll come back to that later, because that's another, like, really fun scene. You know what? And I'm sure there are plenty of people post-blip who don't have IDs at all. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you if you got blipped out of your house uh, and, like, five years later you come back and your house belongs to someone else, guess what? They took all your shit and they threw it away. They took your, 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 bo- your box of important files, like your birth certificates, marriage licenses, social security numbers, passports. Yep. All that shit went in the trash because nobody expected you to ever come back. Right. You're not like Scott, who's got a daughter out there who's able to pack up all your stuff, um, put it into a storage unit for a rat to save the universe. They do go into a little bit later uh, about how the world is yeah. handling that situation. Refugee There's, camps. Uh, and the Global Repatriation Council. Hey. This is when we get that scene that we got in the um, all the previews in the week leading up about like... Sa- Sam's the big like, three! Well... 
but before we get but before we get to the big three, it's uh you didn't have the you didn't have the right to you to shouldn't give, give it away. away. Which which gets yeah. Sam mm-hmm. upset. Sam says, "Don't yeah. tell me about my yeah. rights, Mister Long." You know, pat, nat, unnaturally long lifespan. And then we get Tolkien fan Bucky. I, yeah, I suppose everybody. Well, if you're listening to this, obviously you've seen the episode, but that's that's a great little bit. And like, uh, you know, from talking to the, uh, I, I wonder how much of this was improvised and how much was in in the script because they they did talk about um, you know the director and showrunner uh, in that Empire podcast, which you should all listen to. It's great. The Empire podcast is great. Um, where they talked about giving them a lot more opportunity because you know these guys have been playing like uh, uh, they've been playing these characters for like ten years, uh, eight you know mm-hmm. eight years and ten years respectively. I think um, they know it, these characters. They gave them. They know the characters like better than the director. The director like just came onto it. They know it uh, probably better than some of the writers that were working on it. And so they were given a lot of leeway and opportunity to to uh, improvise and extemporize. You know, come up with their own sort of material. And this feels like the sort of thing is like, what? and that bit at the end where he's like, "I just made that up." What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the well, I don't trust Red Wing. Yeah, which is bullshit. Red Wing is a robot that that Sam uses, so it's that's you saying you don't trust Sam. I mean, Red Wing is Red. As far as we know, Red Wing is not a conscious entity no, that makes decisions. If he was, it would make this episode a lot sadder. Aww. I think. I think. Uh, I think Sam's relationship with Red Wing is uh, something that 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 they. I think I talked about it before. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast, but in some other podcasts, but like a phenomenon that has been sort of noted in like, uh, you know, military units where there are a lot more drones and droids and robots being involved in the battlefield than like, you know, little bomb disposal uh, robots and scout robots. And in some cases, like the people that handle these robots have sort, you know, they've sort of formed an attachment to Mm -hmm. them. You know, Mm -hmm. they name them, they they sort of like humanize them, anthropomorphize them them and, uh, you know, like. Sort of, yeah. Like they yeah. Be, they become attached to the bots the way they would become attached to a dog, um, and like you know, people will have risked themselves to save a robot, which is you know, it's like this was made in Boston. You could just buy another one, but people will risk their lives to save their their bot that they named. How many parts can you replace from that bot before it is no longer Red Wing? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're going to have to replace yeah, all of them. It's going to be all all. All of Red Wing. All of Red Wing. At least that solves another potential problem for later. They can't track Red Wing anymore. So Bucky inserts himself into this mission. Torres, Torres definitely seems to be picking a side. You know, he's just like, "Eh." however many minutes to drop Sam. Doesn't mention Bucky at all. Oh, yeah. He's like... (laughs) Yeah, he likes Sam. Mm-hmm. He, Sam yeah. Sam's his buddy. He's he's been a, he's established a relationship. Mm-hmm. He's working under his hat for for uh, Sam. Like he thinks Sam's yeah. super cool. You know, Sam talked to him about the moon stuff. Yeah, you know, it's good. Yeah, he, yeah, he's his buddy. Number one number one fanboy. Yeah, this is his uh, uh, older male role model at work. But yeah, I just love Bucky just sitting there like they they have their little staring contest. Bucky is like, you can't call me Buck. I don't care if Steve Steve knew me longer. Steve like, had a plan. And Steve had a plan. The star-spangled man with a plan. <laughs> my my really um, was. Epi- my episode when I was writing my notes, I t- uh, put star-spangled man and then in parentheses without a plan. We were watching some old episodes of Battlestar Galactica last night, and we we're like, Steve had more of a plan than the Cylons. The Cylons had no plan. It says they have a plan, but they don't. They lie. The Cylons yeah. did not. Yeah, the no. Cylons had a goal, but they didn't have a plan. No. 
<laughs> the plan that they had was executed in the miniseries. Exactly. Once you get past the miniseries, there's no plan. They had a goal, but they had no strategy, and the strategy didn't drive their tactics, yeah. so they were just a mess. <laughs> strategy drives tactics. Any hoozles. So, you know, Sam majestically swoops out of the plane. <laughs> Yeah. And Bucky, in his long history of just completely neglecting uh, his body, rips off his sleeve and then jumps <laughs> out of a plane. I mean, they'll sort of explicitly mention it later, but but the uh, we're we're clear on the fact that Bucky is also a super oh, yeah. soldier. He as part yes. of the as part of the Winter Soldier program, he got the serum and the drugs and with the best the Soviet Union could offer um, <laughs> a long time ago in their whatever the name of their version of Project Paperclip was, which apparently mm. was uh, you know pretty effective. And then they get to the the. What it's an old warehouse or old factory? Yeah, and you know, yeah, some bombed out. Despite them warehouse. not liking to work together, they work together very well. Not for nothing. For the guy who was like, "Do you have a plan? What's the plan?" Steve had a plan. He has a plan. Suddenly he's like, "Well, suddenly he's like, I'm gonna go in there." It's like I don't have a plan. I'm gonna go in there. It's like there's only three of them. It's like, are there only three of them? Look, there's way more than that. He's like, I'm still gonna go. I'm like, got you suddenly on. don't care about the plan because that's not <laughs> really about the plan. About He's the plan. having issues with Stan, with Steve, and with Sam, and that's just how it's manifesting. He's just being contrarian. To be fair, Sam is antagonizing him just a 100%. little bit. Hundred <laughs> percent. A lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> we're not assassins oh come on man like that was that was low buddy what a what a dick that, that's some big trauma you're poking there that was not nice and i yeah and i love i love how like bucky like pops over there and then he's like you know where, where are you sam and then he turns and he's like right there he's like good ninja skills good ninja like like that. what you spend a, a summer in wakanda and now you're the white panther and bucky goes no white wolf and <laughs> sam's like what <laughs> wait what <laughs> <laughs> they gave you a special name? Fuck you. <laughs> also, to be fair, they have been telling us since Infinity War came out that his new code name was White Wolf. Yep. <laughs> it would be funny if he starts using that. Because <laughs> he because he wouldn't want to be called the Winter Soldier. Right. That would be like no. a sh- yeah, that'd be like a shitty thing. Uh, yeah, that, that would be interesting. If by the end of the series, like, Sam is Captain America and Bucky goes by White Wolf. Because, like, I mean, going back to the first episode, he is repeatedly in part of his, like, trying to make amends. I am no longer the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. I am James exactly. Bucky Barnes. Which which really flies against the title of the show. <laughs> yeah! A little bit. But anyway, so we, we find the, these folks. In, There's somebody inside one of the trucks. She must be a hostage. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Which, which, here's my thing, because, like, they clearly see somebody else in there from this group climb into the other truck and get closed in there. And they, mu- they just assume that this other person must well, be a hostage. Maybe he missed it. He's just thinking too fast, not paying attention. Although um, the second that Bucky hears the word hostage, he's oh, sh- off. He's gone. He's yep. just... Run, run, run! <laughs> run, 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 run! Pump that chest. But you know, they're they have made the assumption that they're moving weapons. But as soon as Bucky gets yes. into the truck, he's like, um, there's like medicine and vaccines in here. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sees our, our curly haired hostage who I you know, I retract my assumption that she was sin. And fist nest. She has she has the best, like, sudden, like villain grin. Creepy smile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her her shift. She, he's like, Are you okay? Are you okay, hostage yeah. girl? Such a good. She's like, smile. oh, good. You underestimated me. Yep. 
She's like, this doesn't always happen. This is fun. You go. I love die. it when this happens. And then I love his I love his reaction, like getting kicked out the window. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's 106 years old. He's been kicked out of a, a lot of trucks. <laughs> but I think he's also kicking himself a little bit for not having like taken the moment to stop yeah. and think. Because I feel like that is something he might have done back when he was the Winter Soldier. Who was, he would be more calculating, yeah. be more like... Suspicious. Well, he and- would... He would also have a very clear plan. Right. He would have a goal and an objective, and he'd be very methodical and analytical about it. But in this case, he's just kind of like, "Wee!" He's just like, "Rescue the hostage. That's it. Yeah. Rescue the hostage. Yeah. Let's do a good thing. Badly. Let's be a good dude. Let's uh, let's try and wipe some of that red out of my goddamn ledger." Sam finally catches up. Fighty, fighty. Yeah. Well, like before Sam catches up, she just splinters Red yep. Wing. Like, yeah. know, as we mentioned earlier, right over her knee, it comes swooping in and she just leaps up, punches it down, grabs it and just snaps it over her knee. And it's like it <laughs> comes apart into tiny splinters. Bucky's like, I've wanted to do that. Oh, yeah. He's got a little moment of like, uh, you know, sort of like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> he's like, oh, thank God, the like, stupid bird bot is gone. It's like, well, you guys can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. And then he falls <laughs> off a truck. He does. He does. This is a, this is a great it fight is. scene. It's, it is. It's really cool. And then and it's, uh, it's... John Walker and Lamar Hoskins show up. Yeah, things aren't going well for our, our you know, our titular heroes. And uh, suddenly, out of nowhere, a vibranium shield. Clang. Like a super frisbee. So I listened to a really cool uh, TikTok that was talking about using fight choreography to establish character. And mm-hmm. a lot of people have talked about how, like, they were really irritated that John's able to use the shield. And the thing is, yes, he knows how to use the shield, but he only uses it one way, which is that he throws it at a target and it comes directly back at him. That's right. the only method of fighting with the shield that he does. Whereas if you look at Steve, he could hit four people in a single throw because it's ricocheting yeah. off of everything. Yeah, I mean, we have that, you know, video clip of John training with it. Steve had a lot more time with the shield. I don't know. Even, like, right off the bat, he was a little more creative. Then again, Steve was an artist, so... And he was a tiny person, so he needed to think up other ways to defend himself before he was big enough to otherwise defend himself. If you're... If you're fighting on top of moving semi-trucks, you want to be careful not to fucking lose yeah, it. Yeah, remember what happened with Steve and Age of Ultron? Like, it went off the truck and Natasha had to clean up after them. I'm always cleaning up after mm-hmm. you. Yeah, always cleaning up after you, boys. Because I'm the mom. Because that's how Joss The other thing them. that, you know, sticks out in this fight scene is that uh, John uses a gun. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, so we've seen it in First Avenger. Cap uses a gun when they're, like, in yeah. the forest. and that's Same right. gun. Colt 1911. Right. It's just not part of his general uniform after that. Like, once he wakes up out yeah. of the ice, you don't see him walking around with a gun on his, on his hip. Um, he'll use it if it if he needs to, because we see that in Avengers yeah. when he's fighting off the, you know, Loki people on the helicarrier. But it's not, like, a primary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his defining, his defining weapon, his, his heroic weapon is his shield. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, Captain America didn't shy away from no, guns. No, he didn't. And no. He killed people. He's not we, Batman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we know that st- Steve killed this, a lot of this people. Is, I hate that concept. You know, this is not as egregious as like Zack Snyder's Batman with his Gatling guns. <laughs> I think it is just meant to be a little bit like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. It does throw you off a little. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think it's supposed to be, oh my God, scary, but it's, it's, it's like... It's supposed to be, oh my God, different. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think that's a little bit of a holdover from the comics where they were trying to, like, Reaganize Captain America by making him, by putting John Walker in there. So definitely more of, like, mm. they wanted him more gunned and army and... Yeah. Imagine mm-hmm. watching this show if... Tr- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Yeah, but good morning, uh, good morning, America. Like morning, Amer- morning in America was Reagan's like yeah. slogan in the eighties. Yeah. That, that was his his campaign slogan. It's like it's morning in America. The good morning America like segment kind of made me think of that. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty Reagan. And the little bit where Hoskins was like, oh, two weeks ago we were prepping an op in Chile. Uh, oh, which, you uh, were messing in South America, were you? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, sounds to be fair, the post blip is, you know, alliances are all over the place and who knows what's going on and what the dynamics of the world are. Alli- old allies aren't anymore. And, mm, yeah, yeah, who knows? But, but that, is a, that is a direct callback to what he did in the comics. Yeah. So. yeah. And then um, the one cool thing he does with the shield is that when Lamar falls yeah. off of the yes. truck, he does catch him yep. with the shield. I thought that he was saves a cool his, move. He saves his friend. And then he gets back up on the truck and he's like, that was a bad idea. And I'm like, She's yeah. a super soldier, and you are not. Yeah, I. Well, yeah. Was he saying it was a bad idea to her or to himself? To her, to okay. her. Because now you yeah. mess with my friend, and she's just like, hey. oh, yeah. <laughs> Have a fun ride. Well, true statement, either way. So when Bucky fell down the truck, and he's like hanging on, and the guy's like stomping on his vibranium arm, and then you know Sam, you know, goes flying, and is you know. Zooming in and out and in and out. And then he does the thing. He's like hovering up next to the truck. He's like, that little girl kicked your ass. Shut up, Sam. Sam. (laughs) That's not helpful. antagonizing him. (laughs) Not in the middle of the fight. And also, she's not that little. I mean, she's she's little. She's kind of scary. It doesn't matter right now. Sam was not there to see the initial kick out of the bus. Or out of the truck. So This this is semi. (laughs) But yeah, Sam does that cool thing where he flies underneath the two trucks and they roll in the grass. It's romantic, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something before we before we leave um, our super soldier antagonists, uh, one thing that's worth noting is like the one that got shot, like they take it, you know, the, the camera takes a moment to show that guy's face with his buddies and be like, you know, I'm OK, I'm OK. They're sort of humanizing mm-hmm. these guys behind the yeah. mask, which you know, if they're just the mustache twirling villains, I don't think they would have done nah. that. No. And, and I also yeah. think, like, it, it represents a newness. Like, they have not been super soldiers for very long. Like, this may have well been the first time mm-hmm. he got shot. And yeah. he doesn't know what he can handle. And they might not have had Avengers-level opposition before. And this isn't even really Avengers-level opposition. This is just... Yeah. <laughs> so now... Sam and Bucky are planning to walk the 20 miles to the airport. Out of spite. Just out of spite and antagonizing each other that the whole way. That is a whole day. Yep. That is a, that is a shitty day's walk. Yep. I mean, uh, look, I'm surprised that Sam doesn't just get so sick of Bucky that he just flies there. <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. He I, sticks with him. You know, as much as he talks about, um, as much as he sort of gives him shit, I don't, well, he talks about him and like gives him a lot of shit. Yeah. And he'll, and he doesn't like um when when bucky's like giving him grief i don't think like he's actually that bothered by by bucky i think he likes him no i think i think i think sam's the kind of guy who does playfully like antagonize his friends sometimes 
They're like, oh, it's, it's going to be like that. He it's knows like exactly that. how it's important Steve. Bucky was to Steve, and he's not. And he also, yeah. he used to work with vets right. in mental health. Like, he yeah. he was a counselor, so he he very well knows what Bucky's been through. As they are trudging along, a, a jeep comes to their rescue. Yep. Who else but yeah. Captain America? <sighs> uh, he says it's one of the big three. <laughs> There's no such thing as yeah, wizards. Yeah, it's just like, wow. Way to let him know you I were ha- listening. Okay. I have another question about this. Because I think I heard the line right, but I wasn't 100% sure. Because they like, well, okay, there's no such thing as wizards. So then um, Hoskins says, well, it's aliens or aliens are androids. androids. And then he goes, or super soldiers. And it sounds like they were surprised that super soldiers were real. I mean, I think they might be. Like, uh, super to, soldiers to, for as real? Far as, as far as everyone seems to know, after Steve, it, like, we didn't, nobody knew about, like, the Winter Soldier, you guys. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're about to find out someone but, who was legitimately hidden away. But they just got kick-punched off of a truck. Yeah, like, maybe they thought they were on roids. I don't know. By like a hundred and twenty. Well, but roids, you know, roids, roids wouldn't, wouldn't give a one hundred and twenty pound woman the ability to push kick them off a truck. She would s- still have to get big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> roids don't make your your existing muscles like denser and stronger. You yeah. just get more muscles. Yeah. So I definitely get the feeling that even though they were selected for these roles, that there's a lot of information that's being withheld from them, which makes sense, but military (laughs) they know what they're supposed to know yep yeah they probably you know they probably don't know any Avengers. i would be kind of yeah i bet they've never even talked to roadie who is active duty military yeah but it would be like this would be like a worthwhile conversation so i would imagine that once the dod got their hands back on the shield they're like this is an opportunity for us to to have a captain america that we have complete control over as opposed to Steve, mm. who Steve was Captain America, and he very much he embodied that you know that role, and he was Captain America, but in a way that maybe the government wasn't always happy with, because maybe like well we have our own agenda and stop being such a good yeah. guy, you you know. <laughs> so I can imagine they're like, "You're Captain America. You're not allowed to deal with the Avengers." That's a distinct possibility. This ride in the in the Jeep is just so uncomfortable. Does he always stare like that? <laughs> but even before that, Bucky's like, you know, just because you carry that shield doesn't make you cap. Have you ever jumped on a grenade before? Yeah, with my helmet. <laughs> a reinforced helmet. Like, yeah. Four times. It's a thing. Four but, times. But here's the thing. And, you, you just know. admitted the helmet's reinforced, and therefore you're not, you weren't actually putting your life on the line. <laughs> Armor fails all the time. Yes, he was putting his life on the line. If you jump on a grenade, even if you've got a helmet is only as big as your head. If you don't get it on there, you'll die. <laughs> he did risk his life. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, I had a tool that helped me do it multiple times, and mm. they exploded. Like, the one that Steve jumped on wasn't a live grenade. Yes, but he didn't know that when at the time that he threw his teeny tiny yeah. body on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, you should use all the weapons at your disposal to save your own, to save the lives of the people around you and yourself. So if you have a she- if you have a helmet, if you have armor, use it. I'm not going to hold that against him. To be fair, I kind of imagine Bucky sometimes being like, "We rode bikes without helmets when I was a kid, and we turned out fine." <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. He's 106. That is very much a thing he would do. He's a kid. Be like, He's a kid lawn these darts, days. man, those sound awesome. 
<laughs> I wish we had lawn darts when I was a kid. Walking around in bubbles. <laughs> I was going to say, like, not only is he old, but he grew up during the Great Depression. Yeah. In New York City. Like, he's he's been when, through some shit. <laughs> when I was a kid, we went to the playground. It was made out of wrought iron, and the monkey bars were 20 feet in the air. <laughs> Have you ever seen those pictures of, like, old yeah, playgrounds? Yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah. They're fucking insane. <laughs> like, there's kids walking on metal beams, like, 15 feet up in the air. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> oh, shit. What is the... There's, like, a documentary on Netflix about an um, amusement park in New Jersey, I think it was. Oh, that was just, like, uh, so yeah. poorly made. <laughs> it's Oh, what was... Yeah. Like, they had multiple deaths a year or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's a, in, they really infamous, didn't care. It's an infamous park. I forget what it's called, but yeah. I think it's called like Adventure Park or something. Yeah, like I think that. so. Something like that. Um, and when um, it got so bad, no insurance company would cover them, and the owner was like crazy and rich enough that he made his own insurance company. Oh God. Yeah. Anyway, that place is no longer open. Thank God. So this is when we find out that they use Red Wing to track. Sam and Bucky. And we have another example yep. of, if you have special tech, don't let the, <laughs> the military get their hands on it. Well, he got it from the military in the first place. It wasn't made That's by Stark. True. It was, it, or if it was made by Stark, it was made because the military ordered it. Like, his wings, yeah. his wings weren't made by Tony Stark. He didn't make them himself. They were issued to him by the government. Everything that he's got is the mm -hmm. military government issue, so it's full of tracking and listening devices. Yeah. And this is also where we hear about the Global Repatriation Council, where they're, like, restoring citizenships and social security numbers and getting people All the logistics. And... Yep. That is hard. Yep. They provide the resources. We keep things stable. Stable for who? <laughs> stable for the U.S. government? Is that good for the people? We don't know. I'm going to sit here and stare at you for a while until you get uncomfortable. <laughs> And then he says the whole, like, violent revolutionaries aren't good for anyone's cause. And Sam's like, yeah, that sounds like something that the person with the resources would say. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting, uh, I forget, I forget exactly what it was, but it was, like, eight different positions in any, like, political movement. And one of them is the agitator. Um, yeah. But it's not the only one. And it's all the parts in conjunction, like, the healer. The teacher, the storyteller. Yay, violent revolutions. No. But then Sam I mean, is also like, who the fuck are you to Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Battlestar. Okay. Is <laughs> is that an actual name from the actual comics or did they just- Yes. Yes. And yes. even better, full eight years after the original flavor Battlestar Galactica came out. So they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I read. I, yeah, I read like one article about him that was uh, was kind of interesting. So he was he was like the sidekick for U.S. agent. He was the Bucky. Uh, he was the Bucky to not cap. He well, they well they had John Walker start calling him and Bucky until uh, the um the, these it was being written by two white guys. They called him Bucky until uh, another uh, a black comic book writer, the guy who came up with Static Shock um, and a couple of other things, pointed out to them that Buck was an antebellum-like term for a male Ooh. slave. So, oh. so they were like, oh, yeah. well, then we won't call him that anymore. Oops. <laughs> this is why we need diverse voices in yeah. writers' rooms, because yeah. sometimes you just end up saying something. They didn't mean it. Then it was, it was supposed to be a reference to It's just to like Bucky. they just didn't realize. They, yeah, they just didn't realize it. 
<laughs> just like, whoops. I'm Battlestar. At which point Bucky's like, stop the car. I'm getting out, Sam. You come too. And then Sam, so Sam stays for a little while, for a few mm-hmm. more seconds. For a moment. And then, because then John says, I'm trying to be the best cap I can be. It would be a whole lot fair. easier if I had Cap's wingman at my side. Uh, and Sam's like, nope, I'm out. It's like, it's always the last line. <laughs> Which is kind of like saying it's always the last place, last you, place look you look when you lost something. Yeah. Well, there is a black veteran on TikTok. Her name is Nikki Marina. And she and a lot of other uh, black veterans have been talking about, obviously, Sam and why he would pass on taking the shield and it sounds like both john and sam have imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. but being a white man john felt more entitled to act even though he's feeling this imposter syndrome yeah whereas sam was like i'm not good enough so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pass which i think comes to play in that couples therapy scene but i think that just kind of hurts sam a little bit because he also didn't feel like he he didn't you know go i'm just gonna be the best cap i could be he also he's like i can't live up to it so i won't yeah and also sam steve treated sam with with a lot more integrity than uh, people are currently treating sam with um so you know yeah wingman thing is uh, not great. Yeah, I mean, like he. Uh, I remember in Falcon. I mean, in the 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 Winter Soldier, like when Sam was first introduced, he talked about losing his wingman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. oh shit, there's you're there's right. like so there is that. Um, but in terms of being a wingman, um, like there is sort of this popular culture uh, idea of the wingman, and wingman is kind of sidekick. But if you're in the military, your wingman, yeah. you are one yeah. another's wingmen. You're partners. You're not. Your wingman is not somebody subordinate to you. He's your wingman. You're his wingman. So mm. there is that. If we're talking like movie pop culture, it would be like your kaiju drift partner. In in the way that it's actually intended, in the way that it's actually yeah. used as a professional term, it means equal partners right. that rely on one another completely. But in popular culture, like if you call somebody your wingman, they're being your backup, yeah. they're being your sidekick. Like if you're at a bar, your wingman is the guy that helps you. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. the person who helps you, whatever. Um, and and you know, I think in the way that John says it here, it's pretty clear he's like, You're my sidekick. And it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does how does I'm Battlestar bad. feel about being your sidekick? I don't know. And where uh, did he get the name Battlestar? Yeah. He doesn't have He's a secret I, nerd too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I can come up with. Yeah, as a comic book character, like uh I guess uh, Lamar Hoskins, he has an adamantium shield. Uh he did ha- he did get a serum to make himself like super strong. And in the Civil War he fight on he fought on Cap Cap's side. On yeah. Steve Rogers' side. This next scene is really interesting yes. because we're getting kind of a greater look at the Flag Smashers and their operation. Yep. This team with the medicine is stopping at a, looks like an internet cafe. Um, with just this this guy who's like, oh, like my wife and I cooked for you and we set <laughs> up a room for you. You, you guys are Robin Hood. Oh. But this is, there's a couple of interesting things that happen in this scene. One, uh, the girl who now has a name. Her name is Carly. Okay. Uh, as we find out later, Carly Morgenthau. And that's actually just a straight gender swap of Carl Morgenthau, who was Flag Smasher. 
Like, that's just literally <laughs> what it is. The Flag uh, Smashers. Flag Smasher. So that's like um, Good. Jerry Hogarth and Jessica Jones just got gender swapped, right? Yeah, they just gender swapped. Um, but then she also gets that text that's like, you took what was yeah. mine, I will find you and kill you. I'm like, mm. okay! Definitely not. What? These These people definitely do not seem to be the mustache twirling villains anymore. I mean, even if they have a slight mustache twirl going on, there's somebody much more mustache yeah. twirly behind I them. I mean, you know, in terms of... In terms of what Sam said in the first episode about whenever things get better for one group, they get worse for another. They, where did they get the medicine and vaccines from, and who are they giving? Who are, who were they supposed? Who were they supposed to go to, and who are they sending yeah. them to? There's always also, where did the super soldier serum come from? There's That's always, a question we still don't have an answer to. Eight doses. There's always <laughs> a bigger fish. Uh, Carly does still seem to have some slightly dubious, oh, um, for sure. Stuff going on. She's like, after tomorrow, like, it'll never be the same. Uh-huh. I'm like, that could be yeah. a mislead. I don't really know what to make of it. It sounds like she's planning an attack of some kind. That is the sort of thing you say before the bad things happen. <laughs> <laughs> but they also say, like, you know, they sort of vocalize they care more about the people who came back than those of us who never left. I mean, look. I mean, that's a to... big feel right there. It is, but also, like, in that... In that immediate moment, you've got, what, three and a half billion people that didn't exist before suddenly now exist, and they need things, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. how do you do yeah. You have to prioritize that initially. Like, And this is all very initial. This is in the first, like, couple of this months. This is, like, still yeah. the first six months, yeah. And it's, like, you know, you have to take all of these people who didn't exist before, and you have to find ways to fit them into your existing structure. And yeah, yeah there's going to be some people who are uncomfortable for a little bit, but what else are you going to do? Like, There is no clean answer to the problem yeah. that is here. But Bucky is ready to do crime. Bucky is just like... <laughs> Let's steal a shield. And he wants the shield, like, and he no. wants to do it themselves. <laughs> and why, Sam, why do you have to be bringing Sharon up into this? Why are you trying to give me more guilt? Sharon was an enemy of the state. Steve and I were on the run. Also, I am black, good sir. Do you know what they would do to me? Bucky, you just got to sleep for a couple of years. And Bucky's like, actually, I do kind of know what they would do to you. I've got somebody you need to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I lost my shit. I, I did not expect them to introduce him this fast. No, I didn't either. So as they're walking to the house, one of the things that I, so the interaction with the kid, I loved, <laughs> but it also like, he, he, this, this kid recognizes Sam like right away. And, yeah. in, in, and that's in contrast to like all of the white people that Sam deals with who don't recognize mm-hmm. him unless they're like specifically told, you know, don't you that's recognize Falcon. me? You know, I'm doing. Banker I'm doing didn't recognize little, you know? him. The cop didn't recognize him. The guy in the in the market at the very beginning recognized him, and the little kid recognizes him. And I think it also just says that, like, when they look at Sam, they see black man before they see anything else. Like, they don't even have to like take in the details of his face; they just see the color of his skin and have assumptions already yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, but I love this little exchange with the kid. Does and, that make like, you black kid? <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's okay. I know. I know. I'm just teasing you. And so they walk up to a house that has a no trespassing sign very clearly displayed. Knock, knock, knock. Yeah. I want to see Isaiah. There's nobody, no, nobody named Isaiah here. Tell him the guy from the bar in Goyang is here. He'll know what that means. And I'm like, I know that they have not explicitly named him yet, but I just was like, 
my little young Avengers heart is just like Eli being super protective of his grandpa, which is, I mean, that's very him. Eli's whole like life in the comics is about trying to live up to this legacy that was stolen from his grandfather. He's like, it's your lucky day. He wants to see you for himself. But Bucky is like, you know, Isaiah was a hero that uh, Hydra feared, like they feared Steve. Yeah. You know, he kicked Bucky's ass. Everyone who they sent after Bucky never came back. So they literally were sending him on a suicide mission. Which I also also view as them being like, well, he's expendable. Took half the metal arm. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, um, this is a really, really awesome scene. It's like, I wanted to see if he got the arm back or if he came to kill me. And the whole time, Sam's like, what's going on? And then when Bucky says, there's more of, more people like you and me, he just loses oh. his shit and just throws that. Well, first he too. says, well, first Bucky says, I'm not a killer anymore. And he says, you think you can wake up and just decide yep. who you want to be? Yeah, just yeah. everything that Isaiah's like been through and just, and he yeah. gets, and here's Bucky who gets, sure, like his his conditioning and, and the programming has been undone. Bucky, who was an actual killer and is walking around. And free. now he's walking around a pardon. He and... got pardoned. He's still, he's young and attractive, looking like that young uh, Luke Skywalker. You know, mm-hmm. it's not fair. He's 106 Meanwhile, and he looks like he should be a male yeah. model. Isaiah got thrown in jail for 30 years. And they uh, experimented on they him. experimented on him. And... Best moment, best moment is he takes that tin and he throws it through the wall Sam's and Sam is face. just like, uh, <laughs> what? And Eli's like, okay, grandpa needs to, you know. You should go. You should leave. You should go. go. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shepherd you <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to escort you out. <laughs> and Sam has a very appropriate meltdown. Why didn't Steve even know? Meltdown. Why? Well, he doesn't melt down. He's just mad. <laughs> yeah. How could nobody bring him up? How could I not know about him? Yeah. But Steve didn't even know. And Steve didn't know. Because, like, it was so fully compartmentalized, Bucky didn't even know until he was already the Winter Soldier, like. Although, I'm going back and forth, they haven't said it explicitly yet when the idea that they made, like, that he became a super soldier during the Korean War, or around Mm -hmm. that time, would make sense. It would. To have him be Eli's grandfather. So... I've I've seen like a couple of um uh, a couple of sort of continuities floating around online mm-hmm. um, in terms of when he got the serum and in one version it's that they experimented on you know all all these black soldiers before they were willing to put it into Steve Rogers and in another version it seems to be like after, after. Steve Rogers was was like created mm-hmm. and they just had some serum or they were trying to recreate the serum they were experimenting right. and trying to get the serum right with black subjects kind of like almost kind of almost like the extremist type like experiments yeah yeah Yeah. so um it actually is kind of messed up because um in truth red white and black it is after Mm -hmm. Um, okay so in the first version that they wrote it was after it was was like you know steve's gone missing and we want to get the serum back and make more steves but we're not gonna kill you know we're not gonna kill Good white boys. Yeah. yeah. But in Young Avengers, Eli states that it was before. So yeah. then mm-hmm. it becomes this kind of like, okay, is this like Eli's retelling of it? Has Eli misunderstood it? Has. Or did the writers just make mistakes? Yeah. Or did the writers just mess it up? And there's also a, a third Bradley in the middle that um, I feel like very few people know. Uh, but there is a middle. Uh, 
of course, between of course. A, a grandson and a, gr and yes. a grandfather. They would have to be the father son. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, there is Josiah Bradley, who is Isaiah's son and Eli's uncle. So all right, back so to we, Sam's meltdown. Where were we? They're mad in the they're mad back in Sam. the middle back of the to street. The argument. Sam's yeah, yeah. They're arguing in the middle of the street. And then, yeah, then the cops yeah. pull up and they're immediately like, "Is this guy bothering you? Show us some ID." He's not bothering we're just, me. We're just talking. Yeah, and and also, I mean, like, uh, yeah, obviously, there's the the racial profiling element of it. But when he's like, "Is this guy bothering you?" I'm like, "You're talking to a very fit young dude who looks like he belongs on a wanted poster." I mean, like, he is on a wanted poster. <laughs> like this, you're not talking to a, a senior citizen or or a little woman or somebody. It's like it's kind of weird to be like, "Is this guy bothering you?" When the guy you're asking, is this guy bothering you, also looks like a criminal. Yeah. I that mean, does, that oh, right there is white geez. privilege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It is. Like, Bucky looks... Yeah, like you're right. An, like <laughs> He's not an unthreatening appearance. Yeah. <laughs> but they just see, you know, they see two people they fighting. See, yeah. One of them is black, and he assumes that the black person is the aggressor. Don't you know who just, this guy is? Don't like, you know Do who he is? But then, like, the other cop is like, oh, oops. And then, it, and then all of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, sorry, Mister Avenger, I didn't mean." Uh, oops! Ah, oh, yeah. oh, let me go yeah, stop uh, the other cops that we called over because we thought we'd need backup. <laughs> uh, and then he goes over, and but then they very quickly are like, "Oh, this guy's the one we're supposed to arrest." Yeah, because he missed his court mandated therapy session. Yay! <laughs> also, um, while the cops are away. Uh, uh, Bucky finally says that the reason that he didn't tell anybody about Isaiah is that he'd been through enough. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like Bucky just gets that. He does. You know. Yeah. Like Steve, Steve would have raised hell. If Steve had found out about Isaiah, he would have demanded answers, demanded justice. And for Isaiah, that could have been really traumatizing to have to go back and face everything he went through. Yeah. As yeah. Steve is like very righteously and well-meaningly trying to get justice for him. And then we go jail. Where good old John Walker has bailed uh, Bucky out. Well, yeah. So first yeah. we it's a so for me, at first it's like, oh, it's a relief. Dr. Rayner's shown up, you know, she's <laughs> there, she's gonna help deal with the situation, and then it turns out that she ran ops with some ops with John Walker back in the day, and <laughs> and <they're>, yeah, <sighs> he's legit. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, Bucky's not going to be on a strict schedule anymore. He's too valuable an asset to me." And I'm just like, "Buddy, have you thought about the fact that Bucky needs therapy and probably some, you know, regular schedule in his life?" Yeah, <laughs> he's not yours. He doesn't belong to you. He is not a teddy bear as much as that one comic series made me want him to be a teddy bear. Hey, babies. Yeah. And, and, and it's not helping for him to be this guy who, you know, it's like, oh, you've helped me out and you're immediately asserting ownership over my time and, you know, what I'm going to be doing. And I, I, what, I work for you now. What is this? I, mm, yeah. It's just, it's more, it's more like, you know, sort of like kind of. It's well-meaning, but you're not doing it well, and you're putting, pe you're turning people against you, and it's like this isn't working out. That this kind of goes right to the intent versus impact. I mean, in dealing with a lot of social issues, is that there are a lot of people who have really good intentions, but because they think they have all the answers, 
they end up doing more harm than good, which is why we say that impact has more is more important than intent. Yeah. And it's okay to be checked by that, guys. Like, when you know better, do better. So we get immediate therapy. Sam, you too. This, this real shotgun therapy session that is kind of like hopping around from thing to thing. I'm like, all right, what's the goal here? What are you doing? All right. I mean, I guess it, I mean, Dr. Rayner is concerned because these two are clearly working together Mm -hmm. and antagonizing the fuck out of each other. And she has a vested interest in making sure that Bucky doesn't. He's not too antagonized. Yeah. Well, and, but in addition to like working together, it's like, this is an opportunity for Bucky to have a human connection, you know, with the guy whose texts he's been ignoring. So yep. it's it's like it's more than them working together. It's like this it's is an actual tool. one human yeah. person you're this is the one human person you're talking to that isn't about you making amends. Like this is a chance at having a friendship. So let's see if we can mm-hmm. make something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you've been ignoring his texts. Let's uh get to the oh, bottom. Suddenly of you're this. together. Let's 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 uh do some let's let's do the miracle question. <laughs> <laughs> And they're both like, I want the other one to shut up. Okay. <laughs> now it's let's soul gazing time. Let's go. I think so as far as talking about like Substan and, and Anthony Mackie having like leeway to like improvise a little bit, I think definitely them like turning the chairs and like scrunching up together was I feel like that was probably like they played around with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, that we, was we very that close. Like, okay, I'll go on the inside. I'll open my legs. You put your yeah. legs in. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And then immediately into a staring contest. Like the best siblings. I'm like, are you five? Are you five? <laughs> yes, they and are. Sam blinks first. He only blinks first because she snapped at them. And to be fair, Bucky's probably used to the, her doing He's that. probably better. And like, he, you could see, well, but you could see Sam's face like scrunching harder to maintain the stare. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Because he's not a super soldier. Right. He doesn't have super eyes. <laughs> also, like before that, Bucky was a sniper. So staring at things for long yeah. periods of time. ages just sitting there staring. This is where we get to the heart of Bucky's problem. Was like, Steve believed in you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, you poor baby. But also, this has nothing to do with you. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I see, like, I get his perspective. Yeah. It- yeah, have- I mean, for Sam, it may it may it may have nothing to do with uh, Bucky, but for Bucky, it Bucky does have right. something. Yeah, you know, for everybody, everybody has their own experiences for why things happen the way that they mm-hmm. they happen, and you know, those things are legitimate to them. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, I absolutely see like that's what the world looks like through Bucky's glasses. Sam still really can't like he's really been struggling to articulate mm-hmm. why he gave up the shield. But he does say, yep. maybe you you or Steve will never understand that I did what... Yeah. But can you accept that I did what I thought was right? Yeah. I think um. we're going to get that scene. I think we're going to get him at least try to articulate why he didn't take it. Uh, in a scene um, on a plantation somewhere in the South, per the, uh, you know, per the trailers that we saw about the yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. having a complicated legacy. He's going to have a montage where he gets to train with the S.H.I.E.L.D. So what happens? Does he, does Walker die? Does he take it from Walker? Does Walker go bad, become U.S.? Oh, there's so many things that are going to happen in like four uh, more episodes. Ah! I know. But basically, God. because it is just four more episodes, Sam agrees to just not be an asshole until it's over. Yeah. 
And then they never have to see each other again. Yeah, we're not, we don't have to be friends. Uh, you're not going to be my friend. Then he storms out, and Bucky's following. What was rule two again? Like, bye, Doc. And it's got a very note of finality to it. Yeah. And just like, yeah. I don't think I'll see you again. Uh, and then when they leave the police station and the siren goes Such off, and of course John child. Walker's there, but what a cop. What a fucking child. What a cop. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, are you five? Because you're acting just as childish as these two. He is five. He is five. And he's like, divided, we don't stand a chance. I'm like, maybe divided Sam and Bucky don't stand a chance, but they can be divided from you guys and do just fine things. And then the the line, uh, things are really intense for you right now, aren't they, Walker? And then Walker's face just kind of like changes and he gets like, he's clearly mad. But he talks a little bit about, like, displaced communities in Eastern Europe and really all over the world. There's all these refugee camps. And yep. and that um, appears to be where the the vaccines and, every, and supplies are being, you know, yeah. sent. But this is where Sam is like, hey, we are free agents, so we're going to go do what do we want. Thing? And then he's like, don't get in my way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Which, you know, it, it tried twice to bring him on, and they rejected it, and so it was like, all right, rah, 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 rah. all right, yeah. let's see what happens. Yep. It's like, you're, okay, You're dude. probably going to lose, dude, but... Let's see, let's see what what, uh, what becomes of you all, but uh, I, I bet the next time they see each other, it won't be friendly. So, speaking of not very friendly, we're back with the Flag Smashers. They are loading supplies into a plane, and this was something I actually completely missed on the first watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the power broker? But he's like, this is the power brokers, guys. Yeah. They stole mm-hmm. from some, like, oh, this is the guy they stole from. Yeah, yeah the, the one they got um, the texts from. It's, a, it's, an, yeah. it's an ominous sounding name. It is. Yeah, and it is in the comics, isn't it? Power brokers. Yeah, power broker could be one of two things. It could either be this person who is a mutate, um, who doesn't really have a name, but he can give people powers and take them away. Hmm. There's also Power Brokers Incorporated, which is a company, hmm. and there are two people. I was able to get two names on this. Curtis Jackson and Carl Malice. Carl Malice? Yes. That's a name. His name is Malice? Well, then he's got to be a It's <laughs> um, very, they call themselves Decepticons kind of thing. <laughs> well, these dudes are responsible for the enhancements of John Walker and Lamar Hoskins. Well, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. Um, also, vaguely related, they have ties to Scott and Cassie Lang. So, <laughs> huh? Are they also like how Kingpin gave powers to Felicia Hardy? Maybe I don't know because she got her like luck probability powers from from Kingpin, and I assume he got those through someone else. That would make sense. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. And that was I, like a, that was in the eighties. That was around the time of like the yeah. Venom stuff, and that would all tie so together. Make- They're loading the plane. They're running out of time. They have all these cars descending upon them. And then the one guy stays yeah. behind. It's very emotional. Yeah. Yeah, it's very emotional. And see, he does one thing smart first. He blocks right. the road so the cars can't come yeah. onto yeah. the runway. But then he does a stupid thing and he's like, I'll just stand here and get shot. I'm like, what? You could have just <laughs> run. You you already delayed them. You're fine. <laughs> it's like, I mean, he was shot once and survived. Maybe he was like, eh, "I'm gonna try my luck." No, he Mm-mm. knew. He knew he no. wasn't. He knew he wasn't gonna walk away from that confrontation. Yeah, but I think 
he's I think he didn't yeah but I think he didn't run because if he run if he runs and even if they, where was he gonna go even if they follow him on foot run. they get closer to the plane well no like he doesn't necessarily have to run at the plane or at them he could have run off road you can't follow off road it was cars. his big damn sacrifice moment okay let him have yeah it. I guess I guess you know sometimes you can't think too clearly when the adrenaline's pumping yeah. so you know this is a a valid uh you know writing choice yep. But the plane gets away, and she's got a single tear running down her cheek. And there's some guy in a suit on the phone saying they got away. And then we get a tiny little scene here of Sam and Bucky. When Isaiah was talking about my people. <laughs> oh, he didn't mean that. It was like, no, no, no. no, no. Hydra, Hydra, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam so was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Fair point. <laughs> And who knows all about them? <laughs> who was in that bunker in Siberia with us? I was not <laughs> expecting voluntary Zemo in this in this series. No, I wasn't either. I expected Zemo was out in the right. world causing mischief. Yeah, I didn't think he was. I, I, I thought he escaped. Oh not just that he's in prison, but that. So this is something that I noted that somebody like referenced, and then I looked it up. Uh, his cell number two one eight seven. Princess Leia's cell number in A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, uh, Finn's stormtrooper designation was FN two one eight seven. That's so cute. That's great. Stop being cute, guys. Which, as, oh dear. Which, as far as I understand, was those numbers were a reference to a short film that that Lucas was very influenced by, which was twenty one eighty seven. Yeah, but then you have the classical music and the chessboard that you see, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, Magneto. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, if we're looking at this as, as from a standpoint of this is a six hour long, you know, six, six part long movie, right? You know, introducing mm -hmm. Zemo, who could eventually turn into one of the main antagonists. We don't know. We know that there's a conflict point there for sure. But introducing them him at the end of the first third of this series makes a lot of sense. I uh, I wonder how he's feeling these days. Oh, that does put like the line from the trailer into a little more perspective. The idea of him being like super soldiers shouldn't exist. I imagine like they're going to go and talk to him, and he's going to be like, "Oh, there's eight super soldiers out well, there. There's seven I'll go now. kill them too." Or yeah, there's seven. <laughs> I should go kill them the way that I killed those ones in Siberia. Yeah, exactly. The way that I wanted to kill Captain America and and uh, and Tony Stark and destroy the Avengers. So it's like, all right, fine, you you two people, I'll I'll go with you if it means killing super soldiers. But also, I kind of want to sit with him, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you proud of this? Hey, buddy. you proud that you split up the Avengers and they were not able to stop Thanos, and then all of this happened? I mean, they wouldn't have been able to stop Thanos if they, even if they were together. Like maybe. Eh. Maybe not. Um, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those alternate realities. Also, I want to. Like, hey, know. buddy, and uh, you want to talk to Doctor Rayner? He's a, a pretty if. decent therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved this episode. I thought it was really solid. Like, you know, the first episode went Good. to a lot of different places. Like, we saw a lot of different stories. You know, and then this one was just a very like road trip. Yeah, road trip episode. Yeah. Like. From here, from here to here, we're following. We're following the lines from point A to point yep. B to C to D. Yeah, we've got action and then you know propelling, you know momentum and motion mm -hmm. and let's go. And a few characters. I did beats, not expect but... Isaiah so yeah. soon. Oh, I no, expected Isaiah sure. like episode five. Well, I think four the, or five is what I, I think expected. the payout for Isaiah is going to come later, but the introduction yeah. is yeah. just as important. Yeah, you got to introduce him early so that you know set it up to come back and you know call back yep. to it later. And I'm thinking. 
about Eli because I'm pretty sure when that original casting note, uh, casting news came out, they said he had been hired for two episodes. Mm -hmm. I think Eli might play sort of a role in, you know, what about the future? Like what, who represents? Maybe he'll be in the finale montage. Well, yeah. more like in like maybe in talking to either Sam or Bucky about, about what legacies. all of this means about legacies and about like maybe hopefully some hints of Eli becoming a super soldier or not super soldier, but a superhero himself. Mm. I could actually imagine him being the kind of kid who like sees that the cops are doing nothing but bugging, like harassing people in his neighborhood. And it's like, fuck it. I'm going to go handle some small issues myself. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps us up for this episode. If you enjoyed us, please leave us a five-star rating, a lovely review, and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. If you enjoy the voices of me and Chris, go and listen to Geek by Night on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. And if you only like my voice, which seems odd, you're weird. But if you do, you can go check me out on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, uh, where we talk about the 1990 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies one minute at a time, except for the third one, which we do three minutes at a time because it's objectively worse than the first two. (sighs) That was a mouthful. (laughs) <laughs> it was, but I'm pretty good at it. Hey, you know, if you're an advertiser and you're interested in advertising with us, go ahead and give it to me. I'll read that copy and make it sing. And if you're not an advertiser, but you do want to support <laughs> us, please go to the Dueling Genre Patreon page uh, where you can get some really cool exclusive content. Yeah. Less than the a... cost of a cup of coffee a month. Come on. What are you waiting for? Hundreds of podcast episodes are waiting on you and your shiny, shiny ears. And both Black Widow and Loki just got... Well, no, Loki is still in June. Black Widow got pushed. Black Widow and Shang-Chi got pushed, yeah. yeah. So we might have some time to do something fun Extra for our patrons. time. Until next time, fam. Don't let the super villains out of prison, please. Behave yourselves for one week, okay? Just one week. Ugh, Excelsior. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs>